on this episode of Hit the Deck. A football stadium on January 1st can be pretty frigid. Perfect opportunity to debut some cool new technology. I see what you did there, James. It's pretty cool because it, oh. it, it, it changes color when it comes unfrozen. Yes, I did that on purpose. Thank you. I'm yes. So Plus, every kid playing street hockey dreams of making the bigs one day. Nice to know it can actually happen. Michael Hutchinson, who is now with the Toronto Maple Leafs as a backup goalie, grew up playing deck hockey. And the NHL season is halfway home. How did your hero's predictions hold up? Your guess is as good as ours. At the beginning of the season, we gave our predictions of what teams wouldn't make the playoffs Mm -hmm. at the end of the year. I haven't listened to that podcast since. I don't remember who we picked or who we did not pick. Me too. All this and more coming up on this episode of Hit the Deck. And theme. And the home of the brave. Episode 121 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And how are you? I'm all right. I'm happy to be here with you again on this, I don't know, podcast, I guess. It's been another week, as you know, if you are a fan of time and space. And uh, I don't have a lot to say here, so I'm going to jump right into our starting lineup because I think that's best for everybody. So for tonight's starting lineup in goal as ever, I am number 35, your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my stalwart co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. How you doing, pal? Thank you for asking. How are you? Uh, uh, I'm all right. Thank you. I am... You know, I, I said this to my wife, I don't know why, but lately I've been feeling a lot more energetic and it it's not due to any noticeable difference in my lifestyle that, that I can point to, but I, I actually feel a lot better of late for, for no seemingly no reason. So that's nice. It showed actually, I think, in a hockey game that I uh, or a couple of hockey games that I played this past weekend where I was like, really, I, I was I was on fire i was really on top of my game the first couple of games that we played this past weekend and the third game i was mediocre and i hurt my knee a little bit but uh and i got pulled but um (laughs) the first two games you know were great so i don't know why that is i you know maybe maybe it's a benjamin button situation where i am de-aging that wouldn't be nice i doubt it but it would be nice i wouldn't mind getting some of my hair back hey (laughs) You and me both, brother. Yeah, I bet. But yeah, so that that's been my week. <laughs> I, you know, pretty good in that regard. I'm happy to hear that. And hey, if something's working and you don't know the reason for it, sometimes it's good not to ask questions. So I hope that your energetic trend still goes through. And maybe it's just something, yeah, Benjamin Button or whatever. But keep it going, man. Don't change anything. You know how superstitious sports players are athletes are anyway so 
Yeah, I suppose. All right. It's uh, Hot Pockets and Cup of Noodles from here on out, because that's what I've been eating for the most part lately. There you go. And good to see that some friends of the podcast had a good week, too, as the CSHL had their almost winter classic after some delays. Well, that's almost awesome. Yes, it is. And one of the highlights of many, which it was fun following the tweets on the Twitter, but our other great friend, Kevin Frost, was a teammate of Luz in the tournament. It's like the super friends uniting. Absolutely. Meanwhile, in the CSHL. (laughs) Exactly. So very happy. There were a couple of delays because of, ironically, weather problems, but they uh, got the tournament off. And again, following on Twitter and Facebook, it was fun. And everybody else, I recommend you do the same. And there was a quick little highlight, too, of how the tournament went. And something that I love and I think is near and dear to you, too, American Rhino, is the tournament winning team consisted of a father and son Mm. with the father being the goalie. Yeah, well, that (laughs) that is awesome. And as a goalie, I can appreciate that. I will say my father, my own father, I've said this on the podcast before a while back, was never a big hockey fan and he was never very athletic because of his asthma. He never really could be, but he was a big fan of knock hockey. So I think, you know, in, in, in a small way, we used to play knock hockey when I was growing up. He had like a knock hockey table or board or whatever you call it. And uh, so, you know, maybe in a small way, my own hockey passion stems to an extent from that so that's pretty cool sure so congratulations to mayhem for and quote outlasting balls of glory in the final by a score of one to nothing to yeah. win the whole tournament congratulations mayhem you've done you've done it you did it seriously that's awesome and it's a great way to kick off the kind of uh, inaugural tournament for the newly rechristened CSHL. Absolutely, yes. And and congratulations to Balls of Glory as well for making the final. Uh one nothing, boy, that that that's tough. Really just gives you an idea of how great the teams are in that tournament and how much fun it probably is to play. And uh, also as the father and son tandem, the uh stats said that and, and Gary was explaining this to me, this is probably for the whole tournament. But uh in the tweet by the CSHL, it said that The dad stopped all but one shot. I'm assuming this is for the whole tournament. And the son was the tournament's top scorer. Well, maybe if we can get our good buddy Kevin back on the podcast to talk about it, he can clear that up for us. Yeah, so Lou and Kevin, let us know, guys. Hey, uh, this actually has nothing to do with hockey, but this is something I neglected to mention last week when we were talking about Christmas gifts that we had gotten. I uh, actually received something pretty cool. Like I said, not hockey related, but I got a toolkit that is built into a container that is shaped and and, uh, crafted to be Mjolnir, Thor's hammer. No way. Yeah, at least I think that's what it is. I haven't been able to lift it out of the box for some reason. I just I keep yanking (laughs) on it and won't move, but I I think that's what it is. That's what the picture was. So uh, I, I think that's what it is. Wait a minute, you have Norse blood in you. You should be able to lift it. I don't think anybody else can, but that's pretty interesting. How does it go? Whoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall have the toolkit of Thor. That's awesome, man. And and speaking of great gifts, thank you for posting 
the picture of my General Lee jersey on our Instagram. So I appreciate it. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, we said we would, and we try very hard to keep our promises. So, uh, yeah, that, that's been the week, I guess, in review. Anything else worth chatting about? No. <laughs> okay. Well, that's succinct. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we do have to fill time in a podcast. So we stretch, stretch, <laughs> fill, stall. <laughs> I mean, I, it's, it's not like the listeners are going to be sitting there with a stopwatch going, this podcast is only 53 minutes. I feel cheated. At least I hope not. Yeah. Well, again, as Gary said, any sponsors out there that want to help us out, you're more than welcome to do so. Mm -hmm. Sure. We can do cold reads here. I'll give you an example. Hi, friends. This is the American Rhino. Have you ever thought about spending money? Well, we have. And we have a perfect way for you to spend some of that money with this sponsored product here at Hit the Deck. We love this sponsored product. And we put our vaunted name right behind it. And we think you should put your money behind it. So this is Hit the Deck for sponsored product. Buy it, won't you? Seamless. Seamless. Fits right in with the rest of the podcast. You're a pro's pro, American Rhino. Well, if you're talking about somebody who's willing to sell themselves for money, yes. Yes, apparently I am. Okay. That's for a different kind of streetwalker or player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Street hockey, indeed. There you go. I mean, I, I do often, in goal, lament how I need to close my legs. So. All right, I think we should get into the on deck before we go down a really nasty wormhole. All right. Well, that's fine. That's fine. I wouldn't want to get the profits mad at us. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, in that case, at your suggestion, James, will you please tell us what is on deck for this podcast? Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Breezy Freakies. During this year's Winter Classic game between the Bruins and Blackhawks, the NHL used some very smart pucks. Professor American Rhino will teach us all about it. Deck yeah! Leafs backup goaltender Michael Hutchinson grew up playing deck. A little proof that it's okay to dream big, kids. And halfway there, the NHL has more or less hit its mid-season point. I don't remember what the American Rhino and I predicted how the season would unfold, nor do I care to, but here we are. And that's what's on deck. Thanks, James. You're welcome, sir. Oh, man, Freezy Freakies. I totally had Freezy Freakies. I mean, so many of us did. If the listener out there, if you're too young, you can... Even get your own pair of Freezy Freakies now. They made a comeback, believe it or not. And really? they make them in adult sizes, yes. <laughs> we uh, Speaking of sponsorship, I guess we'll give them a favor. We can put the link up on our Facebook and Twitter and wherever else. But um, Tell my wife. It might actually get me to wear gloves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which pair did you have, just out of curiosity? Uh, <laughs> I feel feel like it was some kind of Transformers knockoff Ex with like a robot airplane. Perfect. Um, yes, uh, I'm on the website now, so I'm cheating. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, they, uh, the American Rhino was very good memory. They had. No, no, I don't. <laughs> well, there's something called the quote unquote fighter jet freezy freakies. Mm -hmm. And there's also the quote unquote robot freezy freakies. Oh, so maybe I'm, I'm mixing them up in my memory. I don't know which ones I had then. I had Poss one of them. 
possibly the yeah the robot looks like a kind of ripoff of a transformer and voltron Mm -hmm. thing and the fighter jet kind of looks like a ripoff of the transformers when they were on cybertron not the f-15 style of the decepticons that we all know and love yeah i feel like i may have had the airplane the fighter jet one okay well yeah i'll send you the link when we're uh, done recording and and for the listener out there we'll put a link up on our uh, Twitter All so right. you can see for yourselves. But yeah, for, for us old fogies that what? remember the mid eighties, the what's that you say, Sonny? There were oh. gloves that changed color in the cold. Exactly. Uh, what? Yes. My hand turned blue when it gets cold. That's true. That's a good point. Well, the NHL thought it was such a great idea that they... It's a vascular condition. They incorporated the technology on hockey pucks to let the referees know when when the pucks weren't frozen anymore. I'll just give you a minute. Okay. Yeah. You know... Just take over, please. Honestly, this is pretty cool. I don't know how much of a problem this is in your standard NHL arena. I mean, obviously, this is a different scenario because you're outdoors and it's more difficult to regulate the temperature. But um, this is a pretty cool idea, and I hope it's something that we'll see more of going forward. I don't know. Do we have any idea how the pucks were received, if there was any appreciable difference from how they played compared to a regular hockey puck? I haven't heard the specifics on it, but watching the Winter Classic, that's how I, well, and and following on Twitter as well, that uh, at one point during the broadcast, a puck came into the the side where they were calling the game because they weren't in an official booth. They were Mm -hmm. right on top. and That's convenient. yeah, and Eddie Olchick showed us, the, the viewer, the puck changing from purple lettering to white or clear lettering, indicating the purple saying that it was frozen and the clear lettering saying that it wasn't frozen and needed to be replaced. And so I thought that was pretty intriguing and it was great to see live in action. So to me, it looked like it was a great success and there was a lot of uh, technology and, and testing gone into it. I'm sure. And, yeah, and the, the league has been testing it uh, for different ways, but I think that's where the official debut was, if I'm not mistaken, of this new color-changing puck. Now, these pucks were produced in conjunction with PPG, right? That's a paint company? Yes, sir, and the league's official paint partner, by the way. Don't they sponsor an arena? Isn't there like a PPG paints arena uh, that one of the teams plays in? That would make sense. I don't know. I Again, speaking of being old and, and over the hill, when I was a young boy, most arenas and, and baseball stadiums were named after either the teams themselves or someone associated with the franchise in, in some important way. Then with the sponsorships and, and naming rights or whatever you, you call it, I don't know. It would make sense that it would sponsor, the PPG would be the title sponsor for an arena in the NHL. I'm going to look it up to Google. <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh, that's where the Penguins play. Oh no. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, it, it's it's the arena formerly known as Mellon Arena. Ah, okay. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Well, Lou would appreciate that too. Actually, apparently, I- it was it was formerly known as the Civic Arena, which was formerly known as the Mellon Arena. And I knew it as the igloo, right? If, if not, maybe that was just 
that was just the nickname. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a that's just a nickname, or it might have been the arena that predated. I don't know. Ah, okay, gotcha. Dude, I don't know. All right. Well, yeah, <laughs> Lou, we have a lot of questions. Please help us out. Oh, no. You know what? I'm mistaken. The Igloo, which was the Civic Arena slash Mellon Arena, was the previous stadium. Uh, was, was, was the arena that they played in before they played in the PPG Paints Arena. Okay. So we're talking about two different stadia here. Oh, okay. No, I'm sorry. The PPG Paints Arena was formerly the Console Energy Center until 2016. Oh. Or I guess until 2017 is when they changed the name. Okay. Man, I can't keep up with these stadiums. It's like, not your fault. I don't, I can't, I don't get it. Why? I know, I know owners like money, but really, really, do you have to change the names of these, these arenas so often and to such nonsense names? Yeah. Well, it's just like with the TV contracts that, uh, after seven years or so, they build it in so that they can get more money from maybe another network coming in to buy the rights to broadcast the uh, sport. So the same thing with the arenas that they just have 10 year deals or whatever the case is. And then if that company doesn't want to cough up the money anymore, or if they are looking to be shaken down for even more, then they'll go somewhere else and some other company will come in and overspend. Yeah, I guess I just, it seems silly to me. Oh, definitely it is. It's, it's totally ridiculous, but I mean, I, that, I, I'd still take it over the like the NASCAR sponsorships that are, you know, literally plastered over every available surface on the uniforms and the cars and the soccer stuff that that does something similar. It, it, but still, it's it's nonsense by cracky. Yeah. But anyway, the technology for the pucks is pretty cool. And at least for now that I see what they, you did there, James. I don't know what I did. It's pretty cool because it, oh. it, it color it changes color when it comes unfrozen. It's like a the frizzy, frizzy freaky. You, you give me too much credit. I, I didn't do that intentionally, but thank yes, I did that on purpose. Thank you. I'm yes, so there you go. <laughs> anyway, so all right, we're going to put our professor hats on now, but bear with us. The article that we're quoting is written by Tom Bassam, and that was printed in or posted on sportspromedia.com, and what he goes into is that the thermochromatic coatings supplied by PPG meet the NHL's requirements for withstanding game environment impacts and low temperatures without impacting adhesion. The coating is dispersed into an ink system and screen printed directly onto an official NHL game puck. And Dan Craig, the NHL vice president of facilities operations, says hockey pucks are made of vulcanized rubber and glide smoother and faster when frozen. Freezing a puck eliminates bouncing. So it's much like, to tie it all in with deck hockey, the Milek deck hockey ball pucks that we all are familiar with, the different colored ones for different kinds of weather. And the idea behind that is those ball pucks are designed not to bounce around like a tennis ball or or something else it's supposed to minimize the bouncing did kevin and lou use uh, balls with thermochromic coating for the almost winter classic 
Uh, yeah, Lou, if you're listening, I apologize for all these questions and hopefully you can keep track of them all. If not, we'll send you an email or whatever the case is or or we'll just stop bugging you altogether. So the, the, the article kind of uh, says that the reason they did this is the hope that this color change will more accurately alert officials as to when it's time to throw out the puck and get a new one that, that's, you know, still frozen. And I can respect that. But, you know, you also have to think about it from the standpoint of do we really need one more thing for the officials to be keeping an eye on during the game? You know, I mean, it already moves at 100 miles an hour on a rink that's 200 feet long. <laughs> like, you know, how, how much stuff are they expected to watch at any given moment? I think you kind of answered your own question there, American Rhino, because that it was their responsibility anyway for, for the officials to do that, make sure that the pucks are always frozen in a regular game. So I guess maybe they just had to go with the feel of the puck when they were about to do a face-off or whatever the case was, or maybe if play continued for a while, there was no whistle, and they instinctively put a fresh puck out on the ice. At least now they can just glance at it and see if it's no longer purple, it's white lettering or clear lettering, that it's uh, ready to go and be replaced. And that's, I really think that the technology is there from the freezy freakies and whatnot, that they are accurate and maybe saves a step or two i guess you know i I hadn't thought about it from that perspective i was thinking about it as something they had to watch during play but you're right they're not gonna even if they do notice during play that it's turning white it's not like they're going to stop play whistle down you know a a rush oh no sorry it's (laughs) you're fine we have to change the puck like, you know, it's a, it's a two on one or two on O that gets whistled down because the puck turned white. I don't think that's going to happen. So you're right. It's going to be something they just kind of during face offs, they look at and they they throw out or don't throw out. So thank you for turning me around on that. Yeah, sure. But I think that would be a little bit entertaining yeah. as long as it's not my favorite team that this is happening to. But if a referee would stop play, hey, wait. That puck's not frozen. There, you yeah, know, there's a breakaway or something. Just the Rangers' luck, they'd add something to the rule book that would disallow goals on white pucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but, well. Uh, again, that's to the NHL's credit. They are always at the fore of modern technology, and this is just another example of that. So I know that they turn from purple to white. Do they also glow blue? And and leave trails when you shoot them really hard? Oh, I hope not. (laughs) Yeah, talking about uh, opening up an old wound, and and I've mentioned this way too many times on the podcast, but this is a prime example of that. And we just went over the reasons why pucks need to be frozen and why I'll forever hold a grudge against Fox and whatever boob came up with that, that stupid comic puck Comet puck, I should say, because Brian Leach, uh, during a game, um, the puck got stuck to the ice because it wasn't frozen properly, because if they froze the pucks, then they couldn't do that stupid Comet nonsense on the TV. And he looked down for a second. And of course, rule number one in hockey is you never look down. And then he got clobbered because of it. And it was strictly only because of the inferior puck. So that's exactly the reason why they need to be frozen is so that they could glide properly and not bounce around or get stuck on the ice. You know, I bet if they embedded some uranium in those pucks, they would glow on all on their own. <laughs> maybe that's a, maybe you should be working for PPG or yeah. for the NHL. I mean, 
granted it it might shorten the careers of players and referees <laughs> but uh small price to pay for the fans benefit right right no no just me okay maybe you can consult doc brown i don't know oh boy it's the <laughs> libyans <laughs> Uh, now I'm just envisioning a Zamboni made from a DeLorean. Oh, how awesome would that be? If anybody out there is into fan art, I want to see that. Oh, and if it could go 88 miles an hour, that would be so great to see the couple of flames on the ice after it's been uh, resurfaced. It would, it would defeat the purpose. It would melt the ice. Yeah, but you could go back in time and redo it. That's true. You have a fair point there. <laughs> All right. Anyway, speaking of dreaming big and fantasizing. Yes, sir. Someone actually lived his lifelong dream. And this is something that is very rare in sport because, one, it's astronomically hard to make it to a professional sport and uh, make it on a roster and stay there. But Michael Hutchinson, who is now with the Toronto Maple Leafs as a backup goalie, is living his childhood dream. Nice. And he, yes, and the man grew up playing deck hockey. Well, <laughs> that just goes to show that any of us can do it. I mean, not you or I, because we're we're already over the hill, but any of you can do it. Yeah, I, I think Mr. Hutchinson's about 28 years old or something. So, yeah, I got him by a good decade or two. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, anyway. Uh, uh, well, you know, some of the some of the people we play with are younger than that. That's true, too. Yes. Yes. So, but, um there's that. <laughs> Feeling so much better now. Yeah. Yeah. So Mr. Hutchinson has been a uh, backup goalie in his uh, brief NHL career, but he came up with the Panthers and then played with the Jets and recently was signed by the Maple Leafs, which the team that he grew up rooting for. And it's just a great story because we have talked about backup goalies in the past on Hit the Deck and just how important it is to always be prepared and ready to go mentally and physically excellent example. Mr. Hutchinson has played behind some great goalies, which is probably why he's usually in the backup role. But anytime that his name has been called, he's done a really good job and hopefully will have a lot more hockey to be played for the future of his career. But to fulfill the dream of playing for the team you rooted for as a child and playing deck hockey, he said, that's what you dream of when, when you're playing. You, you know, you the game-winning goal, Stanley Cup Game 7, stuff like that. And he's quoted as saying, for sure, in street hockey, you thought about that all the time. And he even pitched a shutout for his first career victory with the Maple Leafs a few days after he was signed. Nice. Yes, sir. So yeah. he got his first win with them as well. I mean, that's obviously. that really is a hard thing to do. Not that I've ever played in the NHL, but to sit on the bench for so long and, you know, know you always have to be ready to play, even when you don't get to play for such long stretches of time. And you can be called on in a moment's notice to be able to jump in and pitch a shutout. That is really respectable. Definitely. And really a credit to the fantastic athletes that these gentlemen are. And uh, credit to their physical and, and mental abilities, too. Because exactly, yeah, I mean... I can't imagine, as we've said in the past, uh, I mean, I have such a huge respect for goalies in particular because it's such a difficult position and it's such a physically demanding position. You need to be flexible, obviously, and sitting on the bench with all that gear on, you don't have much time to warm up and I don't know how they do it and don't pull anything or are able to just stand up and walk away after they've played a game. It's, it's amazing. 
I think a lot of it is stretching whenever you have a chance and trying to like stay limber because if you put in the work, I mean, obviously you want to keep stretching. So you're, you're at your maximum flexibility, but if you kind of stay limber, if you stretch a lot, your muscles kind of stretch out. So it's easier to just kind of keep them in a state of being stretched. If that makes sense, the more you use them, the easier it is to get stretched out and the less likely you are to pull something. So I think that's probably a big part of it. Yeah, that that's something so foreign to me because I'm not athletic at all. Mm-hmm. But I have a huge respect for professional athletes out there. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to be dulcim, basically. <laughs> yeah exactly yoga save (laughs) and another great thing about how great hockey players are and the gentlemen that they are is that number one goalie freddie anderson after hutchinson's first win was there after the press conference and uh, congratulated hutchinson personally and that just really means so much i mean you're talking about a player that could be taking your job and uh, still having the courtesy and being such a great teammate to go over and congratulate the guy that may be taking your job is really remarkable and and just goes to show you what kind of teammates these men are and and what kind of athletes they are. And and it's just really one big happy family for the most part. So that's just really a heartwarming, great story all around. Well, I think, you know, in hockey, it's kind of a fraternity and, 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 there's a lot of sports, and I think the trend in a lot of sports has been that athletes get along more on opposing teams than they used to. But I think hockey especially, you see stories about guys kind of being cool off the ice with each other. And I'll just give you an example. This past weekend when I was playing hockey, between periods – Sean, who's you know friend of the podcast, Sean Early, he had been playing on. Well, he was on the opposing team at at least in the beginning because we play pickup, so different teams every week. But he was on the opposing team, and he was giving his goalie, uh, Hollywood Dan Schwartz, who <laughs> is less experienced in goal than the two of us, and he was giving him some tips about kind of how to avoid a bad goal that he had given up in the future. You know positioning what have you and I came over and I was kind of trying to help him out as well now I was playing opposite him that day so if he let up a bad goal that was to my benefit ostensibly but you know you know how it is you you want to help out somebody else because that's that's the instinct you want to you know just you want to be a good guy it's more important at least to my view it's more important to be a good guy than be a winner so you know it's uh that, that that's just how it is so yeah, it's possible that Hutchinson could take Freddie Anderson's job someday, sure, hypothetically, but you, you're happy for somebody. You you wanna you, you wanna see your teammates succeed. It it's that fraternity. It's it's uh it's a brotherhood. Especially I think goalies. I feel like as I've said before, you know, it takes a special kind of crazy to put on those pads. So there is kind of a feeling of fraternity and camaraderie amongst goalies. So, yeah, you you especially want to see one of your brother goalies succeed. Really cool stuff all around. And it seems to be paying off for Toronto, too, as they're having a pretty good season. So going into the midway point, pretty much the midway point for most of, if not all of the NHL teams. We're only a couple of weeks away at the recording of this podcast from the All-Star Game, which always happens to be around Wayne Gretzky's birthday. 
and uh, this year is no exception, January 26th. Also, the 40th anniversary of the Dukes of Hazard. So, again, thank you, American Rhino, for the great jersey. So I'll be wearing that with pride. And also Eddie Van Halen's birthday, too, on uh, January 26th. But It's like uh, November 99th, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, the Maple Leafs are having a good season. And I don't say that very easily either as I feel the pain of the Islander fans out there. But the Islanders are having a good season themselves, despite Mr. Tavares jumping ship and uh, speaking of fulfilling a dream, playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know what you're talking about with the Islanders. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I I mean, good for superfan Anthony and uh, Brad and yes. anyone else who is a fan of the Islanders who listens to the show. Good for you. Absolutely. So, uh, again, the American Rhino at the beginning of the season, we gave our predictions of what teams wouldn't make the playoffs mm-hmm. at the end of the year. I haven't listened to that podcast since. I don't remember who we picked or who we did not pick. So the reality. Me too. <laughs> the reality at the halfway mark is this. In the Eastern. Oh, actually, I didn't even know. I, I, I got the divisions wrong, too. I think I put the, the, the Canadians in the wrong division. Like, I think I metropolitan whatever so yeah i was really on the ball with that but um i forgot how many teams there were so <laughs> yeah, well this is a podcast about deck hockey so yes. forgive us. <laughs> anyway uh at the recording of this podcast in the eastern conference the metropolitan division leading the way are the washington capitals the defending stanley cup champions mm-hmm. by the way Right behind them are the Pittsburgh Penguins and then the Columbus Blue Jackets. So the points totals for them, the Capitals have 58, Pittsburgh with 54, and Columbus right behind with 53 points. I think I picked Washington to fall off a little bit. I don't remember if I picked them to miss the playoffs, but yeah, I don't know. I think I did too, but well, maybe we could listen. And Nah, we're not going to cheat. Anyway, in the Atlantic, Tampa Bay, which seems to be the trend over the last few seasons, even when they got to the Stanley Cup final a few years ago, that they always seem to have the most points in the regular season, mm-hmm. but can't fulfill the Stanley Cup promise at the end. So maybe they should take their foot off the gas a little bit, but uh, who knows? Anyway, they are at the top of the Atlantic Division with 68 points. Mm. The Toronto Maple Leafs that we were just talking about are right behind them with 58. Mm-hmm. And then the Boston Bruins with 54 points. Okay. And now on the wild card, the New York Islanders are, as of this moment, leading the way there. They are tied, actually, with the Buffalo Sabres with 52 points. And right behind them with the three-team battle are the Montreal Canadiens with 51 points. Okay. I know I picked a Canadian team to miss. It might have been Montreal because I don't like Montreal. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, the reason why I'm kind of focusing on other teams is that – Our favorite team, the New York Rangers, probably aren't going to be in the mix towards the end. As of right now, plenty of season left. Well, yeah, you never know. But with a rookie coach and some key injuries that have uh, hurt the Rangers here and there, that uh, they only have 41 points right now. Also, their inability to hold a lead of any kind. Yeah. And also, just looking at the stats on NHL.com, the goal differential, they're minus 30. So that's not good at all. (laughs) Yeah, you're not going to win many games being that deep in the minus. But uh, right behind them are the Devils. So sorry, super fan Sue. But at least Gritty is second to last as the Flyers (laughs) only have 38 points. And the Ottawa Senators are in dead last 
in the East with 37 points. Did I pick Ottawa to miss? I think I did. I think you did too. All right. Yes. And I'm pretty sure I'd bet the farm about Montreal because uh, you make no bones about that. But I I think we were right about Philadelphia as well. Les habitants. At the midway point. So going over to the West, the Nashville Predators are still among the league's best as they are leading the Central with 58 points. The Winnipeg Jets right behind them with 56 and the Dallas Stars with 50 points. In the Pacific, Mm -hmm. the Calgary Flames, I think this is a big surprise. They have 60 points and are on top of the Pacific. Right behind them, I didn't see this coming. I thought that Vegas would be on uh, the downspin, but they are pretty much, they're, they're just two points behind Calgary with 58. So they picked up right where they left off last year, that amazing season they had. Well, I mean, you got to figure they just assembled that team and I don't know what contracts are like for their team, but you got to figure, or at least I've got to figure that most of the core from last season is still there, at least for a little while. So I'm not that surprised. And then right behind them are the San Jose Sharks with 57 points. No, I picked them to miss. Come on, San Jose. Stop getting it together. You're making me look bad. Well, yeah, you know. That's what's weird about the at least the way things are going now before Seattle comes into the league, that with the points and ties and, and getting that, that guaranteed point for overtime and so on and so forth, is that uh, you can be number three in your division and then a wild card team can overcome you and you could go from being in the playoffs comfortably to being out of the playoffs altogether. So... With their 57 points, it seems pretty safe now, but the Colorado Avalanche and Anaheim Ducks are battling out for the wild card with 48 and 46 points, and Minnesota and Vancouver with 45 and 44 points. Edmonton still 43. So all those teams right there, there's about six teams that are, you know, you pick any of any of them, and uh, you don't know who's going to make it or who isn't, so... Yeah, San Jose, we'll see. They, they're in good position right now, but with half of the season ready to play, you never know. Yeah, uh, it, look, I don't, I'm bad. Clearly, I'm bad at picking things and making predictions, partially because I do no research whatsoever. So, yeah, don't go by me. But any, it is the NHL, and you're right. With the loser point and with the kind of the, the, the level of competition there is in so many of these divisions – yeah, really anything can happen between now and the playoffs. So it, it really is a toss-up. Mm. I will say this. I don't. You mentioned the All-Star game. I don't know if this is going to be an upcoming topic, but this is a news item that I saw today. Did you know, James, that the jerseys for the All-Star game this year are going to be made from reclaimed ocean plastic? What? Yes, no, no. a company is uh, is able, I guess, to take plastic that was fished out of the ocean and rework it into the jerseys for this year's All Star Game. That is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's it's recycling. It, you know, it's it's uh, <laughs> this this year's All Star Game is green. Mike Richter would be very happy about that. I'm sure. Cool. Maybe he had a lot to do with that as well. Hmm. And well, we we did. I mean, obviously, number thirty-five is very near and dear to the American Rhino. So I apologize for stepping in your crease here a little bit. But uh, yeah, Mike Richter in in his um his greatness and his genius in his post hockey career, that's what he does with the NHL. That they are making great efforts to be green, and, and that ain't easy. That's very true. 
So well done. That That's pretty amazing. And again, as we were saying, the NHL is always at the fore in terms of sports and leagues with technology. That That is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that can be a future topic, although I just we just kind of talked about it. So maybe it's not worth revisiting. But I'll leave that to you, who is the topic uh, guru for this podcast. Thank you very much for the assist. I do sure. think that needs to be looked into because that sounds really fascinating. All right. You're welcome. (laughs) Now something that the NHL, which I think is not the greatest thing in the world, some big orange nightmare. Oh yes, James. And, uh, and he's, he's been up to his old tricks again. So it is now the part of the podcast, our, our favorite recurring segment where I catch you up on this week in gritty. This week in gritty. Yes, sir. Oh, so, uh, let's let's say to start this off so i will say this first topic was not actually this week this was back in mid-december but i only heard about it today so i am going to tell you about it now so just to give you a little groundwork here for this katie nolan is a host of a program on espn she's like a kind of an espn not talk show, but you know, she's, she's got, she's got a recurring show on ESPN. And so she uh, apparently tweeted uh, something about football. I guess she's a big football fan. And so she tweeted something about how the referees, uh, you know, never make a good call on certain kinds of plays and they always miss whatever, you know, some, something critical of NFL referees. So Gritty somehow decided to get involved in this and they they produced this as it was presented as like a film uh, that was called Well Actually. And the premise of this uh, uh, bit of business is that it's Christmas time and Katie Nolan's doorbell rings and and who's at the door but Gritty <laughs> and and uh, he he's. So he, he he tells her to to tell her cat that it's actually carolers and puts on carol music to 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 throw him off the scent and then proceeds via cue card to to because gritty doesn't speak proceeds via cue card to tell her that you know he's a he's a fan and christmas is a time to be honest and he wants to to tell her Basically, that uh, he goes on to grit splain about basically NFL officiating and why she's wrong about what she said, and he 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 goes through this whole thing about he has some experience officiating, kind of, and he he knows all about these things, and he proceeds to tell her all the reasons she's wrong and that she doesn't know anything, and then wishes her a merry Christmas. And tells her that she's an idiot. Like I, I don't know, the whole thing is weird. It's I mean it's gritty, so I guess that goes without saying. But it's just creepy and weird. How many cue cards did that take, by the way? <laughs> so many cue cards, like a staples worth of cue cards. <laughs> wouldn't it be better if you just learned how to speak? Yeah, possibly, but but then it wouldn't be gritty, and it wouldn't <laughs> be weird, or it would and be also- less weird. Yeah, and and isn't he out of his jurisdiction? I mean, what does the NFL have to do with the NHL? Dude, I don't know. I don't know what anything has to do with anything with this thing. Like, who knows? It's gritty. (laughs) 
good good point. I, I apologize for asking a stupid question. Well, one thing he did do this week that did have to do with the NHL, the Flames, who we, you, you mentioned earlier were a great kind of success story and a surprise for this season. So the Flames were in town at the Wells Fargo Center, and during the pregame, their sideline reporter, Ryan Leslie, was kind of you know, giving the matchup, the pregame matchup down behind the glass, as you do. Uh, you know, you've seen it on a on the pregame on a hundred different broadcasts, and, and it's a standard, you know, your bog standard pregame thing. What's not standard is to be in the middle of your pregame report and have Gritty come up and basically tackle you and start noogieing you mercilessly while you're trying to do your report. And from from the way that Mr. Leslie reacted, it sounded like it was planned, but Gritty took it way too far. I know we're all very surprised at that, <laughs> that like he was supposed to interrupt him, but Gritty like got way too aggressive and and, and uh, you know, kind of overstepped his bounds more than a little bit. So, you know, now now we've started assaulting the other team's uh, reporting team. Exactly. Perfect word, assault. I don't understand how this guy is getting away with this nonsense. It, it just seems like a lawsuit is waiting to happen. And NHL, we're trying to warn you. <laughs> put a rain on. Put some reins on this guy. Although one one interesting tidbit that came of this interview, or or you know this this uh, this report gone badly awry, uh, completely by accident, I assume, is that. In the process of noogieing, Gritty's jersey rode way up on his chest, and we found out that Gritty has a weird blue belly button. Ew. It's like this large kind of thing that, that's textured almost like a, a cloud. It's, it's, it's a little kind of flower-shaped and segmented, but it, it looks squishy. I don't know. It's It's strange. It's just... Like everything else with Gritty, it's very strange. It's like a light blue, too. It's not even like a, you know, a a, a strong dark blue. Uh, I, okay, um, just I'm, I'm thinking too logically here, but just when you explain where Gritty came from, it, why would he have a belly button? I thought he was just kind of merged from the earth or something. He has a mother? I don't know. I mean, either that or he's the worst Care Bear of all time. I'll accept that. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's it was just bizarre, but um, yeah. So that that's uh, uh, we we've learned something new about Gritty's anatomy, I guess, this week. And finally, uh, he he was up to some more hijinks at the Wells Fargo Center. Now, this stuff, I guess, stems from some pop culture things right now, I guess memes and whatnot that I'm, or, you know, your bog standard internet-y things. I keep saying bog standard on this podcast. It's not a, a phrase that I use terribly often. I don't know why I'm so attached to it tonight. That's weird, but so is gritty. So I guess it's par for the course <laughs> anyway. So he, now James, if, if you actually know about this stuff and, and you've surprised me, then please feel free to jump in and explain it to me. But I'm going to assume that neither of us is up on this and you, the listener, are going to have to explain it to us. But uh, I'll just tell you what I know. So based on, again, cue cards, 
that some guy was holding next to Gritty as he was doing these things. So we open, the video in question opens on Gritty standing in the stands somewhere, blindfolded. And the, the, the man next to him is holding a card that says the Bird Box Challenge. Now, I, I understand Bird Box is some kind of Netflix show or movie or something that's become popular. I don't know anything really about it. I guess it has to do with people blindfolded. You're you're nodding and smiling knowingly, James. So maybe you do actually know something about this. What's what's up with this bird box? Yeah, unfortunately, where I work, I'm surrounded by a bunch of chatter boxes and they were going on and on and on about this bird box thing. So chatter bird boxes. There you go. So exactly right. Uh, Sandra Bullock is in this movie on Netflix. It's two hours long, apparently. They felt that it was too long. And it had something like millions of hits or something where it's caught on somehow. But the premise is that for whatever reason, she and her children had to be blindfolded because there were aliens that if you looked at them, the characters in the movie, that if you looked at them in the movie, you'd kill yourself. Ah, <laughs> so as you whatever, do. They, so maybe, yeah, maybe Gritty is, is a part of that family of uh, animals where you look at them, you want to kill yourself. I don't know. So that, that's it in a nutshell. That, that's all I could hear before I had to put on my headphones and, and listen to some Beatles and Van Halen and drown them out. Okay, well, that's slightly more informative than, than I you know had before, but I don't get it. But okay, so Gritty is doing the bird box challenge, whatever that is, and blindfolded himself in the stands. <laughs> and then it segues via cue card to the Cody Parkey challenge. Now, I don't know who Cody Parkey is or what this challenge is, but what Gritty did is he remained blindfolded and he proceeded to kick a Nerf football field goal style into the crowd. He was already, he was in the stands. He proceeded to punt this football. Well, I guess it would be more of a field goal because I don't think he held it and dropped it. He was kicking a stationary. So yeah, field goal style into a different part of the stands while blindfolded. <laughs> I don't know who Cody Parkey is or what the challenge was. I'm assuming he's a kicker of some stripe in the NFL. Yes. And uh, speaking of uninformed dopey people, apparently, again, I haven't watched football in a couple of years because of the nonsense with them disrespecting the American flag. But again, I'm a Jet fan, so they did me a big favor that I don't have to watch the, the Jets lose anymore. But anyway, I think what happened was the playoffs are going on in the NFL right now, and the Eagles were playing the Bears, and it came down to the last play of the game where the Bears could have won the game with, with a field goal. And one of the things I can't stand about the NHL is they have a rule where you can quote-unquote ice the kicker, where... The, the it, NFL. I'm sorry, did, did I... You said the, the NHL. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Which would be appropriate if you were icing someone in the NHL. A Freudian slip. The NFL, I have a big problem with, where it's very unsportsmanlike to allow this nonsense. But, but in a nutshell, what happened was they iced the kicker because they called a timeout after he had completed the field goal. And then when they had to redo it because with the timeout, it was null. A player on Philadelphia blocked the ball and or at least got his hand on it. So the ball bounced and did not go through the uprights. It came back on and the Eagles won because of it. And the Bears lost, obviously. So all people heard about was that the kicker blew it and, and he stinks. And I have a big problem with that. Speaking of having great respect for athletes is that I doubt anybody who criticized this poor guy, who I guarantee you he feels worse than anybody else, that 
they couldn't do anything remotely as pressure packed as doing something as kicking a field goal and uh, being surrounded by hostile fans. And I know they were home, but still the pressure is, is unbelievable. And it wasn't even his fault because one, he already did the kick and two, uh, a player on the other team blocked the ball from going in, but all people heard, Oh, it dinked and dunked and didn't go in. And so I guess that's what uh, stupid gritty was making fun of. With I, the Philadelphia connection. I did see that. Uh, okay, that would make sense. I did see not that play, but a different play involving the Bears and a field goal or extra point, probably, wherein the, the kicker kicked the ball and it went off the uprights and wound up hitting the Bears mascot in the head. Really? <laughs> yeah. And he slumped over. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he could do that to Gritty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if only. Anyway, but that so so after after he did the field goal thing, the the Cody Parkey whatever, and and kicked the the Nerf football into the stands while still blindfolded, he throws up his arms and starts cheering because I guess he whatever he did it, and then he he starts running down the row where he's standing. And as he is still blindfolded, winds up hitting a railing uh, like a or a low wall, actually, and kind of tumbling over it and hitting his head on the, the stair railing. Really? Yes. And falling down. Oh, that's great. I got to see that. Yeah. And then so so then he's like laying on the ground. And once he kind of shakes it, <laughs> shakes it off and, and regains his composure, he starts throwing up his arms and cheering from the ground. I'll never get over him. <laughs> His debut when he slipped on the ice. I will say, you know, for all of the crimes that Gritty commits against other people, he does kind of wind up taking almost as good as he gets because of his own ineptitude. Oh, well, I guess there is justice in this and, world. And, you know, he, he rolls with those punches. So uh, right. I have to give it to him for that. All right. And that has been This Week in Gritty. This Week in Gritty. And I think that's about going to do it for Hit the Deck. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. So with all another podcast in the books for us, we here at Hit the Deck would like to thank the following for their contributions to this podcast. We'd like to thank Pops for being the voice of the podcast, Anthony Sajazi, for providing us with music, the LIQ for sound effects. We would like to thank you, our dear listener, for listening to this podcast. We would encourage you, listener, to subscribe to this podcast. If you have not already done so, please feel free to do so on Podbean, on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on any other number of podcasting platforms. And also go to YouTube and check out our YouTube channel and subscribe there. And if you want to talk to us and tell us about the places that you want to subscribe to but can't, or if you want to react to one of the segments that we have discussed on the podcast or suggest one of your own, please feel free to do so at Hit the Deck. Deck is spelled D-E-K. Hit the deck at gmail.com or you can head over to our Twitter and tweet at us at Hit the Deck Pod or Instagram or Facebook. Open a conversation with us on our Facebook page. We are at Hit the Deck and we would be very happy to engage with you and you can check out all the great links and articles and pictures and stuff that we have up there. James, is there anything that you would care to add before we end this podcast? Yes, thank you, sir. Of course. Looking for places to play deck? Please check out the Columbus Deck Hockey Association, Charlotte Street Hockey League, and the Raleigh Street Hockey League as well, and of course the LIQ, and thanks for listening. Thank you, James. Now, of course, we would like to end this podcast in the conventional manner, so... 
to wit, I will say to you, dear listener, that whether you are reliving your childhood by playing with a color-changing puck, or whether you are culminating a lifelong dream, whether you are making predictions about the direction of the playoffs for the NHL, or whether you are just causing as much havoc for the rest of the NHL as possible, regardless of what you find yourself doing, I would always encourage you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. And I can't see you. There you do, are. Do, do, do. <laughs> Do 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 da 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 do 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 do. I was just yelled at for stirring up a racket. Oh, sorry. I just got told off by my daughter. It was worth it. The joys of parenthood. Yeah.